Welcome to our Friday morning chapel. Uh, you will find the words of Psalm 67 printed on the top of your bulletin, and we will we'll read them together responsively. They read across the page. God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the letter to the Hebrews, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Years ago, my brother was a pastor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and there was a neighborhood barber shop that he would attend once a month or so. And he told me once that every time he went in there, the barber that owned the barber shop would yell out to him as he came in the door, Pastor Molstead, Pastor, how are you? And he didn't do that for any other customers. And uh, my brother said all the other customers around would put away magazines and they would change their language more than likely. And my brother wasn't the pastor of any of the other customers in the, in the place, not even for the, the barbershop owner. But he said it was interesting that just his presence coming into the room, they felt they needed to announce it so that it would set the tone for everybody. Isn't it interesting that he had no power or authority over anyone? He couldn't punish anyone. He couldn't do anything to anybody. And, uh, and yet there was kind of this fear and, and intimidation. Here's somebody who just merely represents God to another group of people that probably none of them have ever met and maybe won't even know. And yet just his presence coming into the room was enough to kind of make everybody be on edge. It's kind of an interesting response. How little it takes for us to be intimidated by God. Even a representative of God sometimes can, in the wrong setting, can make us feel so intimidated. If you want a great story of intimidation, I love the story of Joseph and his brothers. And remember, Joseph is taken off into Egypt, sold into slavery, rises to be the second in command in Egypt just under the Pharaoh. And finally his brothers come and he stays in disguise. And uh, <clears throat> they get caught, apparently, it would appear, stealing from this, this powerful ruler. And there's a story where Judah, one of the brothers, is now standing in front of what he perceives to be the number two man in all of Egypt and knowing that they've been caught at something. And we're told that, that before the judgment was going to fall on them, the brothers all fell to the ground. <laughs> that interesting? What a reaction. They all fell to the ground. And they said, Judah said, Do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh. He wasn't even the top guy, but he was just representing him, and they just felt such intimidation. It's very threatening for us at times to face authority, especially in a situation where we know we've been caught at something. And, and uh, there's, there's, there's a sense of, of power over us that, that really goes deep down inside of us. And you see this in little kids, too. And little kids, when they've been caught at something, I was the same way. When you get caught at something, and maybe you're a parent or whatever, and they have the authority and power to punish you for something, even if it's just a tiny temporary punishment, but there's this sense of fear inside. And you try to get out of the situation. You try to avoid it. You try to, you try to maybe pretend to get away from it, whatever it is. It's a very interesting reaction that we see in both in kids and it's still present in us as well as adults. 
Now, it's interesting, if we can have that type of trepidation and fear and intimidation about the judgment of, of someone who's in a human position of authority on, on a matter that only has temporary consequences to it, what must it be like to, have, to actually have to deal with that in front of God, the Almighty God who knows everything about us, the Almighty God who has the authority and the power to condemn us? What a, what a response that must evoke inside of us. And you can see examples of this in the Bible. One of the examples we hear is people falling to the ground. Isn't that an interesting response? To fall to the ground. They don't jump into a tree. They fall to the ground. Why? If there was a hole there, they probably would have gone down into the hole. They're trying to get as far away from this figure of authority and power that can crush them as they can. That's what the disciples did when they heard the voice of God, as we learned last week in the transfiguration story. When they heard this booming voice of God come out of the clouds, they fell with their faces to the ground. It's a very common response. The Israelites, when they were at Mount Horeb and, and uh, Moses went up and was, was speaking with God and things, and the mountain shook and so on, and they knew they were in the presence of God, we're told, we're told that the people trembled and stood far away. They started to move away from the mountain. And they told Moses, we don't want to ever hear the voice of God again. That's the kind of fear and intimidation that this holy, righteous, just God can produce in us. And there are two reasons for that. Number one, he has, he has ultimate power, ultimate authority. And secondly, because we know, we know in our own consciences, God is a God of justice. God isn't a God that's like, oh, let kids be kids, let boys be boys. He doesn't just pass off sin and evil like, oh, it's no big deal. God is a God of justice, and we know it right down inside of our hearts. And that's why we're intimidated by thinking about having to be in his presence. Because we know, I know what my life has been like. So do you. We know the kinds of things that we've done in our lives, maybe in private, maybe that nobody else knows about. And that's what is so intimidating about having to think about standing in the presence of God. And this is why our gracious God has decided to establish his son in the position of being a high priest. The high priest to the Old Testament Israelites was the man who represented them in front of God. And once a year, he would go into that little holy of holies spot in the temple where no one else was allowed to go, and he would stand and represent all of the people and plead their case at the mercy seat of God. Well, that's what our text is saying. God has now put Christ in that place, in that position, in a much grander way than just that earthly man in Israel. He says, for we do not have a high priest cannot, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. God has taken all of your guilt that, that would cause, and mine that would cause us to be super intimidated by him on Judgment Day, and he has put it instead on this son. He's made his son have to be the one to take the blame for that. And he now goes and stands in front of the Almighty God at his throne on your behalf and on my behalf, pleading our case. 
And if you are standing behind Christ and he is representing you in front of this almighty God and you are in his shadow, you are covered. Because, as, as Paul says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in the shadow of Christ and the glory of God is beaming on the Son of God, Christ himself, and you are in his shadow, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God wants you to know that this is really how his heart is toward you. This is how he thinks of you. The very one whose law you have broken is the one who has set up this special position of the high priest and put his son in that so that, that all, of the, all of the raging anger that God should have, his wrathful justice against the things we've done, hits his son instead of you and me. Now, the devil doesn't want you to think that way. The devil keeps whispering in your ear and mine lies that, God, that Christ hasn't really taken care of all of it. And there's still some reason for you to be afraid of God. There's still some reason for you to be afraid of the moment on Judgment Day when you will stand before the throne of God. But God is never a liar. He cannot lie or he would cease to be God. God himself is the one who continually throughout Scripture, just like we have in our text before us, tells you that it has all been taken care of through the work of his son. You know, that day that Judah and the other brothers of Joseph were, were so afraid of being in the presence of this number two man in, in Egypt, we're told that all of a sudden Joseph on the throne, in, who is in disguise to them, sent everybody else out of the room, out of the palace, except for his brothers. And then he came and revealed who he was to them, that he was actually their brother. And he didn't hold anything about their original sin against him. And how differently they could now look at this authority figure that, that they were so terrified about. That's really a, a beautiful picture of what Christ has done for us. Your brother, your actual flesh and blood human brother who, who has gone through the same temptations you and I have fallen to. He didn't fall to them, but he knows and he understands your flesh and blood brother is now going to be the one that's put in the position of judging you. And he's the one that has holes in his hands and in his side by which he has paid for the very things you might be afraid about keeping you out of heaven. And so God says, come before my throne with confidence. Come before my throne with confidence. You may think there's some particular thing that you have done that is kind of like screaming out to God, that's yelling out to God about how bad of a person you are. But the voice of the Son of God himself is declaring you a saint, holy, perfect, before that same ear of God, and his voice is much louder than any screaming your sins can ever do. And so our text tells us so beautifully, come boldly to the throne of grace. God could just say, come to my throne and talk to me. No, come boldly. That means fearlessly, with no fear in your heart, come to God's throne of grace and ask him for anything that you want according to his will. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Today we keep two uh, families in our prayers. First of all, Ryan Han, who was one of our students who has now had to return to Korea 
because of his father's deteriorating health. And then also, uh, we pray for the family of Pastor Matt and Joni Molstead, whose little daughter Greta uh, died after two weeks. And let us pray. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you on behalf of Ryan and his family. We pray that you would grant wisdom and ability to those who provide his father now with medical care. Uh, use these situations to uh, let the wonderful light of the gospel shine into Ryan's heart and into the members of his family. We also come before you today on behalf of the Molsteads who have lost their little child, Greta. We thank you for the precious gift of holy baptism by which you make us your dear children. Uh, we pray that you would comfort them in this time of need and that you would be with them and give them the wonderful hope of the reunion of your saints in the mansions above. We ask all of this in the name of Christ our Lord, the church's head. Amen.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Depart now in his peace. Amen. Amen.